when I grew up, I used to wish that I lived in biblical times sometimes. Anybody felt that way? <laughs> You've ever wondered how strange pastors are? This is how strange we are. I felt that way because I would be told things and I would be told how to act and how to think and, and whatnot, and I would think, I don't know. That's tough. If only I had been around with Jesus. If only I had walked with Moses. If only I had heard the prophets firsthand, then it would be so clear to me. And everyone would just do because it would be so obvious. And as I got older, instead of being told the stories, I read the stories and I realized people walked with Jesus and said, what in the world are you talking about? And Moses was ticked off with people all the time. And the prophets, if you want to get killed, be a prophet. You know, the, the, the thing is that about Christians, if you want to be a Christian, you've got to look good on wood. So, yeah, I know, it's, it's not something we aspire to, but it's, there's something to be said for the fact that if you walk the way you're supposed to walk, it's not always going to be easy. It is not going to be simple. It will not be pain-free. And I realized that the people that lived with these spiritual beings, if you will, we're just as confused as you and I are today. And so we are all in the same situation. Joshua comes to us today and says, Choose this day whom you will serve. You all come from different backgrounds. You all come from different walks of life. Your families are unique. Your cultural backgrounds and heritage are different. You can follow all different manners of ways. I, I met a woman, uh, she was delightful, and I, and I liked her a lot, and I was told that she had graduated from you know, a seminary of, the, the metaphys seminary of metaphysical something. And I thought, well, that's probably a little different than the seminary I went to. And... And then I found out she does fairy readings, and this is with an E, okay? I know we're a UCC church, but this is with an E. And I thought, I'm open to most anything. I really am. I'm so open, most of you get frightened at times. But I'm not going to go to a fairy reading. And I know the church says, whew, that's a relief. And so how do we, as people of sincere and honest faith, Decide what we're going to choose. How do we determine? And when we do that, I want to contrast two positions that I think um, are on the opposite extremes. I think the Catholic position on saints is a little too stringent. The Catholic position says if you're going to be a saint, you got to go through ecumenical councils. Now, maybe not ecumenical, but, but there's a long process in becoming a saint. And then once you're a saint, you can pray to saints. I'm not into praying to saints. The Protestant tradition, on the other hand, is anybody's a saint and everybody's a saint. 
And if everybody's a saint, what does that mean? Nobody's a saint. Really. I mean, if everybody is, if, if everything is red, nothing's red. It's, 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 if everything's one thing, it's, nothing is. And I think the truth is probably closer to the middle, where anybody can be a saint. And I think the people that we lifted up today probably are saints. But it's not as simple as just saying, I'm going to be good. What makes, I'm, you will never say yes to me again. Sally will never say yes to me again. But when Sally said yes, she said, I don't want to say yes because I don't feel like what I do is about me. When I help people, it's not about Sally Barron. And that's the difference between what a saint does and what somebody who just does something good does. Sometimes I feel really good about what I do. And sometimes it's all about me. And then I have to go back and then I have to say, wow. Abraham Lincoln said there were many times when he was sent to his knees because he had nowhere else to go. He was in the midst of the turmoil in the country, and the country could be torn apart, and the actions he was taking could have led further to the tearing apart of our nation, and he could do no other. Not because of what was best for the United States, but because he read his Gospels. And he knew that in Christ there was neither Jew nor Jew nor Greek, slave nor free, man nor woman. And how can you as a nation do what you are doing and claim to be a Christian? And so he did what he did after falling to his knees and praying. This morning, Bob, we couldn't get the PowerPoint to work. If you want to know where the demonic forces are in the world today, (laughs) if you really want to know where they are, they are in software updates. <laughs> and particularly, particularly new operating systems. If the old operating system is working fine, call it obsolete, change it, and it will screw up your life for a guarantee a month. Okay, if you want to know where the devil is today, it's in software. And we had just updated to Yosemite on the Mac, and suddenly, some of, the, some of the computers had been updated in the, in the... Anyway, it doesn't matter. Nothing was working. It was like Lent. And it's not even Advent yet. Nothing works in Lent. Powers of darkness rise up in Lent. I guarantee you, they just do. They just do. And, and Bob's watching me run around like a chicken with my head cut off. And he says, can I have a minute of your time, pastor? I said, you can have a minute of my time in a minute. Because I got some things that I need to get cleared before the service starts. I don't have time. And then finally, I got done. I said, now I have a minute. He said, I just want to know if I can pray for you. I have a minute for that. I've got two minutes for that. And, you know, I don't don't mean to embarrass. I I do, actually, probably. Um, But Bob prayed for me, and all of it just went away. It just went away. It just all just kind of drained away. So thank you. If, if there's anything in the service that comes from me that, that you like, you can thank Bob after the service. <laughs> People mark on the calendars, Bob's here, BJ sounds good. Bob's not here, mm. Okay. We are a community of faith. We 
are a community of Christians who are seeking to figure out how we walk this thing called discipleship and covenant. And Mary Lewis wasn't here, but on, on, on her staff meeting, when she talked about, she said, it's bigger than a promise. And I thought, wow, that's it. Those good Catholic backgrounds, they really do. They, that, it, it pays off. And I thought, how do we, as a church, covenant with one another? Because congregationalists were, were people of covenant. You were required to own the covenant. In the original UCC, if you joined the church, you had to say, this is a church's covenant, and you own it. That's my covenant. I own that covenant. And so when congregationalists met, and they did, and the whole town would meet in the congregational churches, and they would, they would vote on things, they didn't come from a standpoint of, I'm an individual deciding what I want to do in this church. And there's 60 of us, so we got 60 individuals deciding independently what we're going to do. That's good democracy, but it's bad church. It's bad church. Church is where we say, okay, God, I'm going to get my ego and I'm going to throw it to the side and I'm going to realize that I have covenanted to follow you and we're going to pray on what you would have us do. We're going to pray on who you would have us do. Be. And after we pray, and after we get our stuff out of the way, then we vote what we believe you want us to do. The saints of God, if you followed that first song, it was they followed God. My grandmother, Rolla, I, I keep mentioning her, and if, if you're tired of hearing her, I apologize. But she lost her husband to an industrial accident in the midst of the worst of the depression. She got coal for a year. She'd have got millions today. She got coal for a year. Excuse me, a winner. A winner. And that's it. And she had, she took in boarders, she took in young men, and she always took in really interesting young men, and they had diff radically different faiths. And they would often talk about it, but because of the way my grandmother's table was, when you ate at my grandmother's table, you ate well. Bob, I wish you could have ate at my grandmother's table. Your heart might not have survived, but you would have eaten well. But when you ate at her table, the discussions were different than at some other tables I've been around. And you just knew that you subsumed everything else to this sense of where God is calling us. I don't know how she did it. I really don't know. She was my touchstone throughout all of school. I would learn newfangled theories, and I would go home to my grandmother, and I would explain them to her. And if she said, hmm, that's interesting, I knew I could discard it right then. Because if my grandmother didn't get it, if that didn't work with my grandmother, it didn't work. There are other times when I just, and she would just smile. Tell me more. 
and I would pursue that. She was a saint because not only the things that she did, but the fact that she always, what did God want her to do? She was as transparent a piece of glass as you could find. As a church, society will tell us that if we want to be free, secular freedom is having to do what you want to do. In society, if you're free, you do what you want to do. In the church, you're free if you want to do what you have to do. And there are things as a church that we have to do. And I don't mean to put it any other way. I don't want to sugarcoat it. But those who come with different understandings in their background, I just say, you bring something. Sally brings something to this church from a very different background than I grew up in, and I celebrate it. How could I not? How could I not? And again, she will sit to the back and never say yes again. I apologize. <laughs> we have so many people in our church, and there are things that we just can't do if we want to be church. We can't say, I'm insisting on my way. It's what is God's way for us? What does it mean to be faithful disciples? I mean, I, you know, that whole look good on wood thing is a, is, is a little ridiculous. But there's a sense, not that the world's out to get Christians, because I really don't believe that. I think, for the most part, the world thinks Christianity is irrelevant. And that's worse. I'd rather have people actively against us and people think what we have to say is, so what? And I think people don't join the church not because they think it's wrong, but because they don't need it. They don't need it. How can this be? We who are called to be the light of the world, we who have saints in our lives who have motivated us and guided us and inspired us, and suddenly we, we're out in a community and it's like we're lukewarm. Paul said, you know, that you know, God will spit the lukewarm out of God's mouth. And sometimes I think we aspire to being non-offensive. We don't want to offend anybody. So we will not stand for anything. Hallelujah! <laughs> and we wonder where the saints are. The saints are right here, people. But we're only saints when we're driven to our knees and saying, not my will, O God, but thy will be done. How many times do I honestly say that? I should be saying that every hour of every day. How many times do I say, not my will, but thy will be done? If we do that, if we choose to do that, we will be the saints of God and others will see in us a sainthood and a path that is worth following. So what I want you to do next is there should be an insert in your bulletins. I really hope there is. It should say, I choose. And 
I am serious when I say I don't care what you write. As long as you make a choice to say, I am going to choose, it may be Sally's, I choose to spend a time when I take glasses to those who need it. It may be, I choose to spend more time discerning what you would have me do, O oh God. It may be, I choose to smile at someone who is down because it can make all the difference in the world. I would like you to make a choice today and write it down and then keep these because by the time... And I'm tired of it. I, I'm an A student, damn it. I'm sorry. You know, it's, Phil and I were talking about schools, and I asked Phil, what did he do during school? And he said, well, I studied. I thought, well, I swam, and I studied, and I studied, and I swam, and that's pretty much it. And I slept when I had to. You know, I was a serious person. And this is serious stuff. I want us to get serious about our relationship with God and with one another. I'm going to shut up now. Amen. Um, uh, Bob, we're going to get to you in a minute. We'll entice you with a little music.